0: Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. First off,
1: I, I never wanted to leave.
0: is the voice of a uh, new. Raiders safety, really the old Raiders safety, uh, Carl Joseph, reuniting, reuniting, and it feels so good. Uh, that's a song from uh, my past. Uh, I'm not sure the younger listeners know, but the old heads know what song I'm talking about, reunited, and it feels so good. Don't tell me that you don't, because uh, I know you do, uh, but it's all good. Uh, you're in the huddle, of any Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, on a big day for the Raiders, uh, reaching back uh, to their not-too-distant uh, past uh, to bring back, um, what I'm finding is a uh, very popular uh, Raider uh, safety uh, in Carl Joseph. Uh, he, the Raiders and Carl, uh, had four years together from 2016 to 2019. Uh, Carl left as a free agent to go to the Cleveland Browns last year, helped the Browns get to the playoffs, um, but now he's back. You know, obviously the Raiders have a big need at safety. Um, whether it's free safety or um, you know uh, uh, playing in conjunction with Jonathan Abram, there's a lot of sets nowadays where where teams are playing three with three safeties. Uh, so Carl Joseph, Joseph, one way or another, is going to get on the field uh, either as a starter, either as a rotational piece. Uh, but the point being, um, he's going to strengthen the back end of that defense. Uh, somebody that when he's been on the field, he's produced. Um, you know there have been some some issues um, with injuries. He was limited to, to uh, nine games in 2019. I think that's kind of what uh, curtailed uh, the coming back aspect uh, of it. But you know that's in the past. Uh, it's time to move forward, and uh, Carl Joseph is more than happy to be moving forward with the team that he never wanted to leave uh, the Raiders. So uh, a big piece of that secondary is now in place, and you can start really projecting. Uh, what that secondary could look like um, at the very least, you've got a the makings of a starting unit right now, uh, with Carl Joseph at one safety position, Jonathan Abram at the other, Trayvon Mullen, um, you know, Damon Arnett as one of the cornerbacks. Uh, who's going to win that slot cornerback uh, position? Uh, could be Amik Robertson. I know that he's going to be in the mix. Uh, there's also some you know other veterans that the Raiders have uh, their eye on. There's also the draft, so a long way to go before that position gets solidified, uh, but. You know, for now anyway, I think Raider fans uh, should feel pretty good about what happened today and how it's going to help and how it's going to help stabilize uh, the back end of the Raiders' uh, secondary. You're in the huddle again, Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Please give us a call. Uh, We want to hear your thoughts uh, on today's signing 702 365 9200. Uh, It came together pretty quickly. uh carl came out for a visit here in henderson uh yesterday on thursday uh, he met with john uh, gruden the head coach and everybody else that he needed to meet with uh over at the building um, said in our press conference with him today and by the way he's going to be joining us here uh, in just a minute or so i know that uh he is uh, on his way to the airport from what i understand uh, but we'll be calling in uh, when he gets a second or gets a break here uh, looking forward to uh, to talking to him Uh, But what he did say today, and we'll get into it um, later on in the show, was, you know, hey, I never wanted to leave. Um, But what also struck me was the fact that, you know, he believes that there's pieces in place here to win and to win now. And I don't disagree with him. I've been pointing this out for a while now. Um, You know, how many games the Raiders lost last year in the closing, on final drives for crying out loud, the Miami Dolphins was the last drive of the game. 19 seconds left, starting from their own 25-yard line with no timeouts. I mean, I remember after that game, uh, I had people from the NFL texting me and my NFL sources texting me. The Raiders had a 99.9% chance to win that game based on that situation. 19 seconds left. The other teams backed up at their 25-yard line with no timeouts uh, and needing a touchdown <laughs> to, to win. Yeah. Um, they lost, and that's because the defense, unfortunately, couldn't come up with a timely play. Same thing happened with the Kansas City Chiefs. A minute 43 left, the Raiders uh, were about to sweep the season series against the Kansas City Chiefs, become the only team – well, they were the only team, uh, you know, except for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers late in the season, or in the Super Bowl, they were the only team in the regular season to beat the Chiefs when the Chiefs were at full strength. Remember, the Chargers beat them at the end of the year where the Chiefs were resting guys. Um, the Raiders not only beat them, one, but were the only team to do that, uh, beat them at full strength. They were on the verge of doing it again at Allegiant Stadium. Took the lead with a minute 43 left in that game. And unfortunately, the defense couldn't come up with a stop uh, to preserve that win. Same thing happened against the Chargers. The Raiders go down and kick a field goal in overtime. All they got to do is get the Chargers off the field and they win the game. Unfortunately, they gave up a touchdown and the Chargers win that game. Those are three losses that um, were the result of a defense that just couldn't get the job done down the stretch. You turn those three losses into wins. That's an 11-win team that we're talking about. And I say all that to kind of echo what Carl Joseph obviously sees um, and talked about today, about how there's pieces in place not to win down the line, to win right now. And I think his presence, um, you know, coupled with a new defensive staff, the improvements that are likely to happen or should happen, from young players, uh, you know, like Jonathan Abram, like uh, Damon Arnett, like Trayvon Mullen and Cleve Farrell and, you know, Max Crosby and, and the additions of Yannick Ngakwe, uh, uh, Corey Littleton being utilized uh, in a better way that better suits uh, his talents with this new defensive uh, coaching staff. Um, you know, so uh, you, you've you got these pieces uh, that are, that are uh, in place now. Um, and... You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna find out uh, if it all kind of comes together in a way that Carl Joseph definitely knows. We're gonna go out to the Raider Nation listener line before we uh, talk t- uh, to Carl. But uh, Captain Kirk wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Captain Kirk?
2: Hey, thanks for taking my call, Vinny. Um, I appreciate the Carl Joseph signing. I've been on the internet trying to figure out what the Raiders cap situation is right now, and I see so many different numbers. I was hoping you might be able to provide a little clarity to that. And then point number two, um, what are some of the other free agents that the Raiders might consider now um, given that they just added Carl?
0: Yeah, um I think that you know the obvious uh, positions to look at would be right tackle and um, as a veteran um, guy that can come in. Um, I'm not saying that that's going to happen i still I still think that the draft is going to probably answer that question. I still think it's going to answer uh, the long range free safety uh, question um. But uh, in terms of the uh, in terms of the salary cap, uh, I, here, here's the thing: I wouldn't necessarily worry too much about that right now because the players that the Raiders are still in on, um, they'll easily be able to. If they even have to make some moves to make that happen, um, they'll be able to do that. To be able to sign the kind of guys, there's nobody out there right now that's going to break the bank. Um, it's just not that part of free agency anymore the big guns are 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 pretty much um signed up you know richard sherman i don't know what he's going to be asking for but i think he realizes that this is not going to be a uh, a bank breaking type of a type of a deal so um somebody like that um if 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 there is an interest on the raiders part and if there is an interest on richard sherman's part they'll be able to make it work so um, wouldn't necessarily focus too much on that. It's not really that big of a deal. Uh, it, it is, but it isn't. And, it's, and when I say it isn't, I mean that because there's ways to uh, manage that cap. There's ways to um, structure contracts so that um, they fit under the cap right now. There's ways to restructure other contracts. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at some point in this offseason if Derek Carr, if that's what happens with Derek Carr, um, you know, and that can free up a little bit of money uh, as well. There's other players that, you know, uh, I think are on the uh, on the bubble uh, a little bit as far as sticking or or, or moving on. And so, and the, the, one of the things about the Raiders in how they've structured their contracts, the guys that I'm talking about that are on that bubble right now, um, if the Raiders were to move on from them, it doesn't hurt anything as far as the salary cap. They've structured deals so that. Um, no current contract that they could get out from under this year to create space haunts them in any kind of a, um, you know, a dead cap kind of a way or cap hit t- sort of way. Got to give Tom Delaney, their cap guru, a lot of credit uh, for structuring deals in a very smart and efficient way that leaves them nimble and flexible to be able to make moves uh, and 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 do it in a way that isn't going to haunt them down the line. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Joe is in Los Angeles. Joe in L.A. How you doing, Joe? Vinny, how are you?
3: Uh, I'm so good, man. Carl Joseph,
1: I always like Carl, and I'm, I'm glad he's back with the team. At the very least, he adds depth. And um, so one of the things that you probably mentioned before is, so what I question, and probably most fans, do we sign Carl Joseph right away? And so the dilemma was, why haven't we heard anything with regard to Richard Sherman? And I always think it's because of the money issue, but according to you, it may not be that. And um, do you foresee if we need additional money that Derek Carr would restructure his contract to make uh, uh,
0: some extra room there for the cap space? Well, here's the thing. Keep this in mind about Derek Carr, and uh, this is kind of the mis- misconception. He's There's no guaranteed money left on his deal, period. All right, He's done with the guaranteed money. So um, would he like to restructure his deal in a way that guarantees him some money? You bet he would. Do you want? Do you think that he would? He has two years left on his contract, neither of which is guaranteed, all right? He wants to sign here long term. He would like to have an extension. And if part of that extension also means being able to take his current salary down um, this year and, and you do that by, you know, giving him a signing bonus that, Pro rates over the over the length of the New Deal, um, and you what you do is you end up taking some of what is salary this year uh, and transferring it uh, to to a to a signing bonus. Yes, you can take that money down, that salary down, but that's a Raiders decision. Basically, they have to come to him and say, "Hey, do you want to restructure?" He's not going to take a pay cut. <laughs> that's for sure. He won't, and, and I don't expect him to. I don't expect the Raiders to ask. Him. From what you're
1: saying, the signing bonus doesn't affect the cap space. So they can be the, no, the that.
0: signing bonus can help the cap space because, oh,
3: oh,
0: okay. yeah, what happens is this. Okay, he's making $22 million, right, this year, or 19, let's just say, 20, let's say $20 million, okay? You can, and none of it's guaranteed, okay? And he's making, let's just say, you know, for argument's sake, $20 million again next year. So he's got $40 million that's on the books, but none of it's guaranteed. They could walk away tomorrow and not feel that at all as far as dead cap space or anything like that. All right, uh, but you know, if he's on the if he's if he's on the roster, obviously they're paying him that amount. So what they can do is just say to him, okay, look, let's let's extend your contract by two years, okay? Let's guarantee you forty million dollars. Let's guarantee the forty million dollars uh, these next two years, all right? Um, which any guy would be happy about that. It leaves you know, it, it reduces the vulnerability that that you're feeling about getting hurt or some or something like that. So, but you, but you, you, you guarantee that forty million dollars, and maybe you, 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 you make twenty five million of that, a, a, a signing bonus, and you take half of what he's making this year, and convert it to part of that sa- that signing bonus that you pay over the next. You prorate it, so you could divide it over the length of the contract. You could divide twenty five million dollars, let's say, over four years, and so you can you can literally. Take the twenty million dollars this year that he's owed, and make it ten million dollars on salary. So that ten million dollars is what's reflected on the salary cap, rather than twenty million dollars. He still gets his twenty million dollars because he would make ten million dollars um, in a uh, in salary, and uh, you know maybe another five million dollars in a, in a bonus, and a five million dollars in a in maybe a, a, a signing bonus. So you 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 do all that, but it all gets prorated over the extension, over the years of the extension. So yes, he can do that. But it's, that's on the Raiders to come to him and say, hey, would you like to, um, you know, we want to extend you um, and we want to do it in a way that allows us to have some, uh, to free up some cap space. And I, I actually expect right. something along that, those lines uh, to happen. And, and it's been explained to me a whole bunch of different ways from friends of mine in the NFL, how it can be structured in a way that actually takes down the number this year but also guarantees Derek Carr money that he's not, that he's not guaranteed anymore and puts, and ultimately puts $40 million in his pocket, let's say, uh, over the next you know however many years. So hopefully that answers your question. But yes, there's definitely ways to do that, uh, and I kind of have a feeling that, that it, it'll probably go down that path at some point. I would think that it's probably going to be after the draft, but we'll see. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Louis. Wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Louie? Louie, are you there?
3: Yeah, I'm here.
0: Is there something that you want to talk about, Louie?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, basically I want <clears throat> not just get on the show, but I want, I want to make sure Carl is listening to what I got to say, and I'm sure... He's gonna be able to follow and remember what happened and why. You know why I'm a <clears throat> huge fan. You know for what Carl did for me. Okay, yeah, I would love to hear what what
0: uh, what it, what it's all about. Uh, I don't think Carl's on the on the line yet, but he might be listening. So, and if not, I
3: will re- relay relay right. it to him. Well, let me it about you. Okay, so, um, the year before. Okay, let me see. I'm trying to back it up. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the first year, the Marshawn Lynch signed with the Raiders. Okay. So, I mean, you know, it was advertising doing this for the Raider Nation and that for the community. And, you know, I was kind of like sold on it. So I buy a pro model jersey. I buy a brand-new cap and I was a season ticket holder, so I got an invite to go to the Napa training camp, okay? So Mm -hmm. I'm on the sideline, and Marshall is recognizing that I'm checking him out during practice. You know, I'm watching the drills. I'm watching how he's working out and everything. And, you know, and I'm watching the defense too. So I'm watching Carl, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be his year. You know, he's coming off an injury. You know, we're looking forward to him locking down that free safety, you know, by him playing up on the strong safety. So I'm saying, yeah, he's, he's solid, you know, in the box. Okay? So I'm watching both of these guys in practice. But after practice, Marshawn Lynch comes straight to me. Okay, so I'm thinking, okay, this is cool. He recognizes I'm wearing his pro model jersey. He recognizes I'm watching him in in, in the workouts. Marshawn comes up to me, and he gives me a cold stare. And I'm like, what's up, Marshawn? And so Marshawn looks at me, looks at my cap. So he sees that it's signed 24. He thinks it's his signature on my cap. He looks at it real close. Charles Woodson signed my cap. Okay. So anyway, I got a brand-new cap that I want Marshawn to sign. So I try to give it to him. He don't want to take it. So now he tells me, I got got better things to do. I ain't got time for you. So he walks away from me. So I'm like, man, I'm down. So I'm walking off, and then I see Carl, and I look at him. He looks at me like... I guess he recognized I was down, and I said, hey, Carl, I said, hook me up, man. He's like, what happened, man? I'm like, so I broke it down, and I told him what Marshawn did to me, and he's like, oh, no, that ain't cool, man. Give me your hat. Give me your hat. Let me take care of you. You know, and he shook my hand. He said, don't worry about it. I'll talk to Marshawn. But, man, I mean, to me, that's the way you respect the Raider Nation, okay? You recognize you know we're out there supporting the team in practice, and to me that was an uplifting. What Carl did for me. Yeah, you know, it sounds like he you had your back,
0: uh, Louis. And uh, the good ones, the good ones usually do. Sounds like a little bit of a misunderstanding um, with uh, with Beastmo, but uh, I don't condone uh, you know that kind of thing at all. But uh, fortunately, it sounds like Carl uh, saw what happened and had your back uh, and 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 lifted it up a little bit. Hey, I really appreciate uh, the, the call, Louis, and I'll definitely if i get a chance uh try to try to relay that uh and 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 jog uh uh carl's memory on that he's supposed to be giving us a call here in just a second so um but but yeah big day for the raiders uh you know is is, is, is it, it's it's a signing that what i think is important about it is carl joseph left for a year um never wanted to leave uh but business is a business sometimes or the nfl is a business sometimes and uh it is what it is and and he left for a year but the fact that he still wanted to come back uh, a year later the fact that you know he even from afar he saw uh things about the raiders that he wanted to still be a part of um including you know and i've been stressing this for a while this is there's there's young talent on this defense. I know it didn't come to fruition last year. There's a lot of reasons why it didn't. And there's a lot of people that have to take responsibility for that, uh, including the coaching staff and including the players. Um, But I've been around enough and a long enough time to, to understand that you know talent is still talent you know and you you can't just kick it to the curb just because it doesn't happen uh, overnight and i know that hey raider fans have been you know uh, on hard times for a while but you can't do anything about the last 20 years all right you're talking about the 2020 roster uh, you're talking about uh, you know these these last couple of years and what they're building to now you can't worry about 2013 and 2012, and what happened years before that. It's not about that. It's about this team. And if you look at this roster, this roster has basically been completely turned over, save for Derek Carr and a guy here and a guy there from 2018. And it's a very young team, which kind of defies the whole narrative about John Gruden only wanting veterans. Yeah, this is a very young team. He started a whole bunch of rookies these last couple of years. Uh, it came at a little bit of a price, too. Um, but I think Carl understands that there is actually talent here to work with and to build on. I agree with him, and we're going to try to get him on uh, after the break. I know he was uh, en route to the airport, but we're going to try to hook up with him uh, in just a second or two. got to go to a break right now. You're in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Baharur. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Friday, a beautiful Friday uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And without further ado, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line. And welcome back. Uh, Carl Joseph, uh, the Raiders, uh, reunited with their first-round pick in 2016. He's back to finish what he started, uh, and uh, I know it was a busy day for Carl. We really appreciate him taking some time uh, to spend with us. Carl, welcome back. How are you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, 1,000%. Um, when did this kind of start Be you know, uh, re-emerging on, on your radar that th- that this was an actual uh, possibility, a real possibility uh, um, to come back to your former you know, team? I
1: mean, like I've mentioned numerous times now, man, you know, I, I, I always wanted to be a Raider, so that that's always been in my heart. Um, but, yeah, actually a few weeks ago, man, and it's kind of, I think, uh, my boy uh, Jonathan Abram reached out to me and kind of planned to see, um, uh, you know, about possible and you, uh, coming back, and, and then, uh, you know, a few days ago, uh, Coach Bearden reached out, man, and it just kind of went on from there.
0: You know, uh, obviously the NFL is a business. You know that as well as anyone by now. Uh, yeah. But the fact that, you know, a former brother of yours, you know, a brother in arms with the Raiders, Jonathan Abram. Um, you know, took the time to reach out and say, hey, man, uh, we need you. We need you to come back. What does that make you feel like? How does that make you feel uh, in that kind of a situation? Make you, it
1: makes you feel good, man. It makes you feel uh, appreciated. I think we all, like, feeling like that, man. And, um, you know, like I said before, you know, I love those guys. Um, I think there's never no love lost between me or any of those guys or anybody in the building. Um, it's, you know, business is the business, like you said. Um but, yeah, that felt good, man. And, you know, at first it was just like, ah, right, you know. But, you know, when he kind of planted that seed. And, and I started thinking about it, man, you know. Um, and, and it kind of worked out like that, I man. I'm a big believer in faith. Um, and, and when Coach reached out and, and I came out here and took this visit, man, it just
0: felt right. We're talking to Carl, uh, uh, and and uh, coming back, Carl Joseph coming back to the Raiders. Uh, it's a big day for the Raiders. It's a big day for Carl. A big day for Raider Nation. And, and I got to tell you this, man, I have gotten hit up by so many fans who are so happy that you're back. Uh, you struck a nerve uh, with Raider Nation during your four years here. I think you, they, in in what I'm getting from them, you really embodied uh, the Raiders spirit. Uh, uh, what, how does that make you feel? Just that. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm getting hit up left and right that they are so happy, the fans, that you're back. Uh, that's got to be a, a cool feeling. No,
1: oh, it is, man. Like I said before, man, I, I love this place. When I left, um, I think I didn't even in the, in the best space, you know, you know, finished my season with an injury, so um, I didn't go out the right way or, or how I wanted to, man. And, you know, I said it before, and I met that I, I wanted to, I got drafted there. Um, I think I was born to be a D-O Raider. Um, I wanted to finish my career as a Raider, and, and help this team, you know, win championships and build build a legacy that they call, continue a legacy that they built already. So, um, I feel like I haven't accomplished that yet. I feel like I owe that to the to the Raider Nation and the fans and, and to myself uh, to really come back and, and, and give them my all and, and try to do that. And I think uh, I'm excited about it, man. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I love this team, this nation, this, this fan base. I don't think it's any, anything like it.
0: Carl you, you you're still a young man uh, I know time flies but you are a young man uh, there's no question about it yeah, but you come to a team that's 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 young uh, especially on that defensive side of the ball you got a chance yeah. to see guys like Clee Farrell and Trayvon Mullen uh, and Jonathan Abram and Max Crosby they're a little bit more grown up now um, from when you last uh, played with them mm-hmm. but what did you see then and and what have you seen since uh, that that leads you to believe that you know this defense is on the right track. In spite of some struggles last year, I believe that there's a lot of yeah. talent on that side of the ball. Uh, what do you see from that side, from, from those young guys? Listen, man, like, listen Coach Green tell
1: you guys this. Um, I want to win, so I, I wouldn't have came back here if I didn't think that this team was ready to win or if we had a chance to win and compete at the highest level. Um, you guys saw it, you know, that they um, had the chance to beat the Chiefs twice last year. It was, you know, running... Um, you know, so speaks for itself, you know, the offense, weapons everywhere, um, a lot of times the guys in defense, you know, just young young secondary, young all over the place, so um, me, I'm just going to try to come in and, and do whatever is asked of me, um, you know, be the leader that I am and, and try to help however I can um, but yeah, like you said, man, those guys, when I left, they were all pups, right, rookies you know, now they have a few scars and battle wounds from you know, they've been through some of the highs and lows of, of the NFL seasons with injuries and battled all that. So they know what it takes and what it should look like if, if they want to win. So I think that's that's going to be the biggest difference.
0: And now so do you, um, you know, having played on a yeah. playoff team uh, with the Cleveland Browns. so exactly. You saw that up close and personal. Um, and I think that's going to be a big uh, part of what you bring uh, here here to the Raiders. Uh getting a chance to meet Gus Bradley. I don't know what your history was with him prior to, uh, to talking to him. Uh, but what, and also Ron Milas, that's an important name. I think that maybe everyone doesn't know, but Ron Milas, the secondary coach comes with a deep track record <laughs> of, of putting together pretty yeah. darn good secondaries that you're now a part of. Yeah. Uh, what were the conversations like with those two guys? I'm very honest, um, very honest and open. And, and that's
1: what I appreciated the most out of it. Um, and that's what may ultimately made helped me make this decision um, so I think yeah very set down had some honest conversation um and that that made me feel at peace with my decision but yeah i, I have a lot of respect for those guys um you no know, haven't worked with them before but um, knowing that i guys that have and you know, i did a little bit of my own research and everybody speak highly of all those guys men Nobody had anything negative to say about them. So that speaks of their
0: character and who, who they are and the kind of coaches they are. So, yeah, I'm excited to get to work. Right on. Hey, Carl, I know you got to uh, head on out of town, get on a plane, and head on out of town. I really appreciate you taking some time to talk to Raider Nation. I know that they're all psyched up to have you back, and I know you are too. Uh, can't wait to see you during OTAs and, and down the line uh, so we can, uh, I'll, I'll come by and say hello. Uh, but thank you very much for uh, spending sure some time yes, with sir. us. Safe travels, brother. All right. All right. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Carl Joseph. The Raiders new, not new, uh, the old uh, uh, Raider safety is coming back home uh, to the Raiders. A little bit of a new home uh, now that uh, uh, everything's here in Las Vegas. Uh, But I know, um, you know, uh, I was on the Zoom call earlier today uh, with Carl and just hearing it in his voice, uh, you know, right now. I'm a guy that takes, you know, I I listen to what people say and words matter. And, you know, when he says and talks about, hey, I'm not coming back uh, to some rebuilding team that I don't think has a chance to win. You think that he's going to, you don't think that he had offers other places um, or opportunities other places uh, to to go and and compete for a job and and, and play on a different team uh, that, you know he's not he wasn't desperate you know i know you know he was a free agent i know that he technically didn't have a job uh but he was not he was not desperate for work he was going to find a, a a landing spot you know regardless the fact that he said and this is important to me and i think it should be important to raider nation hey i see what's in that locker room i saw a bunch of those guys before i know what they're all about um it takes a little time i've been trying to preach that for a little while now especially for a young defense uh, and everything, all the circumstances that this young defense has been dealing with these la- this last year, with uh, a pandemic, for crying out loud. Uh, but he's not going to just sign with the Raiders uh, be out of the love of his heart, <laughs> you know, out of the goodness of his heart. Like, oh, you know, uh, I know obviously money plays a factor into it too. But a guy like Carl Joseph has choices to make, um, and he specifically said. I'm not coming back if I didn't think that there was a chance to win. And a guy like Carl Joseph, um, you, you listen to that because it's important. Uh, he's not he's not a guy that just talks words. He's a guy that puts it out there honestly and frankly. And if he believes that there's talent here to win and that it's worth his time to come here, I think you ought to take that seriously. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsier. about to you by Tequila and Bathabar.
3: More
0: time. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Raider great Lincoln Kennedy. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Thank you again uh, to Carl Joseph, uh, the Raiders' uh, new safety. Not really new, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and he sounds like he's really happy to be here. And like I said before the break, um, Take him at his word. Uh, I know I do. Um, when guys say that, a guy like, again, a guy like Carl Joseph has choices. Um, and, you know, it, it, he wasn't desperate for a job. He was going to find himself a job. He's too good of a player not to. Uh, so when he says, hey, look, I, I'm not going to come back someplace if I don't think that, uh, you know, I have a chance to win some games, that I have a chance to compete, you um, and and so for him to say that to me, that's telling. I know that, uh, I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a words person. I I I I listen to what people say, and I take and and, and words are important. Uh, and if I'm Raider Nation, uh, I would heed what he says and just pay attention to it. He knows what he, he, he's seen it already now uh, in Cleveland, what it's supposed to look like and what it does look like. And I think that he has a real belief. Uh, that this team, this, this young Raider defense, is ready to get a, you know turn some corners, and he wants to be a part of it. And I don't think that that's insignificant. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation guest line to welcome in our good friend Jesse Merrick uh, from Channel Three, uh, the local NBC affiliate here in Las Vegas. Uh, you can follow him at Jesse News Three LV. Jesse, what's going on, my brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty
2: well, man. How about yourself?
0: Doing good. Doing good. Um, you know, n- not an insignificant day uh, uh, for the Raiders today uh, for a couple of reasons. I think that, you know, bringing back a Carl Joseph uh, definitely helps stabilize uh, their, their the back end of their defense, uh, number one. But I think uh, equally is the fact that he wants to be here. And for the reasons that he expressed, obviously money comes into play. It always does. Uh, but I think he would have found a, a soft landing spot somewhere in the NFL. Um, so uh, that wasn't, you know, this wasn't out of desperation. It sounds like he really wants to be here, and he really does see some signs of life on this defense, and he wants to be a part of it. And I don't think that that's insignificant. What, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I agree with you too. And I think, you know, it speaks volumes to have a guy that, you know, is a former Raider that wants to come back. And like you said, thinks that this team can win. You know, so many times we've seen some guys leave and talk about maybe, you know, issues in the locker room or guys not wanting it, things like that. I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, been in the league, what, four or five years now, um, you know, and has been with the team and wants to come back, is choosing to come back and says it's because they've got the pieces in order to win. And I think that speaks volumes because. He's got the trust in him, and I'm excited to see him, you know, with a team with a better defensive coordinator and a better set of coaches in the secondary to to kind of see what he can do with them.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's that's kind of the ace up the Raiders' sleeve right now uh, on a number of different fronts, and it is Gus Bradley and that staff. The influence that they're having in personnel decisions, the influence that they're going to have on the draft. Obviously, it's not their final say, but they have an input uh, in that process, in both processes, uh, free agency and Uh, and and the draft and I think that that is something important to keep an eye on and see how that kind of comes to fruition because if if Mike Mayock um, has you know uh, is is listening and heeding uh, then I think you're going to see a difference in terms of the the type of players that the Raiders bring in the skill sets that they're looking for Uh, and then the next trick obviously is putting it all in place on the field and making it function as a connected and effective unit but uh, we've talked about Gus Bradley, but do you are you feeling his uh, influence so far in this in this offseason?
2: I am. I mean, when you look at the guys that they brought in, you know what? What, what was Dionick talking about with him? You know, he was saying about how much he loves him, that he's like a father figure to him, and you know how excited he is to come play for him. So, you know, a guy with that kind of name that's that's wanting to come play for a guy like him is big. And then, you know, again, Carl Joseph saying he's got nothing but respect for him and. You know, you don't really – I remember even when Gus Bradley was in the mix, you know, I started doing kind of my research on him and, and seeing what players around the league said about him. And, you know, it was tough to find anything bad about him. The only thing I would heard is that, you know, maybe it wasn't, you know, a ton of different packages that they're running. It's pretty simplified in terms of the defense that they're doing. But other than that, it's all good stuff about him as a person and him as a coach and the way that he teaches guys and puts them in the place to succeed. So um, I definitely think it's going to be a big help. And, and maybe it'll be even more so – Next year, after he's had a year to kind of sink his teeth into this defense uh, and show what he can do with the personnel they've got,
0: we're talking to Jesse Merrick, uh, our good friend from uh, Channel Three here in Las Vegas, the local NFC, NF, NBC. I was thinking NFC, uh, NBC uh, affiliate. You can follow him at Jesse News Three uh, LV. Oh, okay, so uh, the Raiders uh, got got busy on the defensive line. No question about it. Uh, there's a lot of new faces, a lot of depth. Um, I think a lot of potential I think the Raiders feel really good or much better uh, right now this year compared to last year uh, with with their front seven, uh, including their, their their linebackers that come back intact. Um, you know uh, if the season were to smart start tomorrow, I think they have their two safeties um, in, in place. Uh, but we go to the we go to offense and, and right tackle is is still a, uh, a glaring hole. We, we're not quite sure. Uh, what it's going to look like at slot cornerback, um, who's going to replace LaMarcus Joyner. But it just seems like things are kind of narrowing down a little bit in terms of the big, big needs. Uh, But as we sit here a couple of weeks away from the draft, uh, are you leaning in any direction? Did today sway you in any bit on uh, on the direction the Raiders should take in the draft?
2: I've kind of asked myself that question today, too, and I, I do think they still add a safety in the draft where I don't really quite know for sure. I've kind of waffled back and forth over the last couple of weeks the more I dive into my draft prep and research and things like that. But my gut just tells me this just kind of, you know, seals the deal that it seems like they want to go right tackle at 17. Um, you know, I think if it were me, I'd go best uh, best player available if that happens to be, you know, a right tackle like a saw or someone like that, or – Go after someone in the front seven that you think is this is a stud, and we can't, you know, we can't pass this guy up because, you know, you got to get some studs on the defense. There's, there's not a ton of guys on that side of the ball that really strike fear into opposing offenses, and you got to be able to find someone like that. So, yeah, I, I've gone back and forth on it, but my gut tells me it's going to be a tackle at 17, and then, uh, you know, they take advantage of the depth at safety and maybe add someone in the second or third round after that.
0: All right, I'm gonna name, I'm gonna throw three names at you. You tell me if they're compelling enough for you to move off uh, what you are apparently locked in at right tackle for that 17th pick, which I'm not opposed to it whatsoever. I'm right there with you. But I'm going to throw three names uh, at you to see if uh, they'll compel you to move off on on that direction. Patrick Sertain, the Alabama uh, cornerback. J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina. And Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. If any of those three are available, what is Jesse Merrick doing with that 17th pick?
2: Yeah, so for me, I'm going with Micah Parsons. I'm not I'm not as high as everybody else is on J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain. Uh, I actually covered Sertain in college, and I'm not trying to knock him by any means. But you know, and and he's a great corner. I've liked him since he came in uh, as a freshman at Alabama. I was there his freshman year through his. Year through his sophomore year, heading into junior year, and I liked what I saw from him. But I think you get a guy like Michael Parsons in there—you know, playmaking guy He can really one again, like I said, a guy who can strike fear into uh, defenses. I don't think that J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertane are those guys. So I would totally come off of a tackle at 17 for a guy like Michael Parsons.
0: Yeah, I've been doing some film work on Micah Parsons. I spent uh, way too much time on Wednesday night, um, much to the chagrin of my wife, watching tape of Micah <laughs> Parsons. And I'm with you, man. That dude is a stud. And um, he can develop, uh, if he isn't already, just a three-down demon that can defend the pass, rush the passer, chase down running backs. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. It, the, the one component, I think there's a lot of good players, young players on this defense, and I think Ngakwe, uh, can be a bit of a game changer in the way he can, you know, force turnovers and things like that. But, but, you you need to add a playmaker, somebody that you know keeps opposing defense, offensive coordinators up at night trying to figure out how the heck do we stop that guy. Uh, and I think Michael Parsons uh, would be that guy. But short of that, are you're, you're pretty much leaning toward tackle? It sounds like.
2: Yeah, I would say so, you know, because, you know, the top tackles, it sounds like, you know, there's a pretty big difference between the top tackles and the guys kind of behind them. I mean, everyone says there's some good depth at the position, but from what I've heard, you know, some of the guys that are in the later rounds and things like that along the O-line, they've got those elite traits, but then they have those other things where you're like, oh, I don't want any part of that. So I think go after a guy like Adara Saw, again, if he's available, um, who, you know, a lot of people have said has one of the best anchors in this draft in terms of holding that edge. Um, you know, and uh, and move from there. But yeah, I, I'm I'm I, again I've gone back and forth on the drafting the best player available and things like that and you know, I, I'm probably gonna waffle about ten different times before we get to draft day on what they what they should actually do. But um yeah, I, I, I would personally like to see them get a playmaker and if Michael Parsons is there, I think that'd be huge for the Raiders to be able to add a guy like him. I even would maybe even you talk about corners, I think Caleb Fairley is a guy that's a really interesting Ooh. one. I've heard some people come-
0: Oh, you That's went the there. You went there with yeah, Caleb.
2: There. Yeah, I've heard some people compare him to a Jalen Ramsey type of guy, and I think he would be real interesting to see what Gus Bradley does with a guy like him.
0: All right, well, uh, there you have it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jesse Merrick just uh, gave you guys a home homework assignment uh, to go check out the <laughs> Caleb Fairley uh, tape and uh, and see if he's right and if maybe you'd be swayed. Uh, to move off the tackle at 17 to go grab a uh, what looks to be uh, a ready-to-go uh, cornerback uh, right off the bat. Jesse, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Really appreciate it on short notice. Uh, thank you very much. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you down the road, my brother. For sure, man. Appreciate the time as always. You got it. That's Jesse Merrick channel three uh locally here in las vegas the local nbc affiliate i'm sure he's probably on his way to aren't the uh, golden knights playing tonight i think they are and i think they're at home uh, so i would imagine that he is on his way to the rink as they call it you're in the huddle with any monster brought to you by tequila Imbahadar. Interact with the show, text Vinny at 69187, or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM.
1: Obviously, I was I was in Oakland. Um, I experienced that. I, I know there's nothing like Raider Nation, man. I, I, I got an opportunity to play with Cleveland last year, and, um, you know, they have a serious fan base over there, too. Um, you know, very loyal. And I think um, Raider Nation is is by far um, one one if not the best a uh, fan base in this league, man.
0: Welcome back, Carl Joseph. It's a day of reunions here in Las Vegas. I know that Carl Joseph played uh, four years in Oakland, uh, but Raider Nation is Raider Nation. Uh, he is back with the nation, no question about it. Where he wants to be, where he never wanted to leave, uh, where he sees a uh, good things and not in the distant future. Like right now, <laughs> Carl Joseph is talking about winning right now. That's why he's here uh, with the Raiders. He had other options. There was no way that Carl Joseph wasn't playing uh, in 2021. Uh, he's too good of a football player not to. There were landing spots for him out and about uh beyond las vegas uh what cinched it for him finishing what he started uh a lot of raider players um jonathan abram Derek carr reaching out to him and the understanding his own understanding of it's a pretty good team it's closer than people think uh i've been saying that for a while and 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 listen Obviously, the Raiders have to go out onto the field and prove that right. They have to it, 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 eight and eight is unacceptable. Um, in fact, it, it's not even possible. Hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully I should say because there's 17 games. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I would even say nine and eight isn't. It's 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 not good enough. Uh, this is a to me a team that should win 10 or 11 games. Uh, bottom line. Next year, uh, I think they have the talent to do that. I think they have an offense. They'll fix. They'll they'll, they'll get it squared away on the offensive line. Um, you know, uh, if they have to plug a, a rookie right tackle in there, we've seen it before. That's that's not you know problematic if you have the right guy. Um, and I feel like Tom Cable, uh, their offensive line coach, is is good enough and capable enough to get it all squared away so that the offensive line is is playing at a high enough level. Um, I think the points are going to be there. We talked about Kenyon Drake yesterday, uh, what he means to this offense, what a Willie Sneed brings to this offense, uh, what John Brown brings to this offense. Um, you know, If you're the Raiders, you're counting on Henry Ruggs getting better. You're counting on Brian Edwards getting better. You're counting on Hunter Renfro getting better. Uh, you understand that Darren Waller, if he just does what he's done these last two years, you're perfectly fine. Uh, You've got Foster Moreau, who uh, spent a year last year getting back to health. Um, You know, I know a lot of Raider fans were a little upset last year because Jason Witten was here uh, screaming and yelling that he was taking away snaps uh, from Foster Moreau. It wasn't about taking away snaps from Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau was coming off a serious knee injury. The Raiders weren't going to assume or count on Foster Moreau being right from the very get-go and pushing him. Um, or or wrongly assuming that he was going to be right and then pushing him uh, and then further hurting him or something you know happening they wanted to take their time with Foster Moreau because they understand what they have in Foster Moreau and um, that's a guy to keep your eye on, um, especially in the red zone he had a, he had a, uh, uh, a uncanny ability to score touchdowns uh, when he was in there uh, in 2019. And I think that he's going to be, now that he's completely healthy um, and now and, and and removed from the knee injury, removed from the knee surgery, is going to be a guy that I think is going to be a factor. So you look at that offense and how versatile and multiple uh, it can be and what the vision that John Gruden has of this offense. And trust me, he's pretty happy with the pieces that he has uh, on offense. Does he... Uh, you know is there is there you know I, I wouldn't say concern but is there um you know hey an understanding that the offensive line has to come together has to gel um, and has to play at a high level from a from from the very beginning in spite of the fact that there's going to be some new faces some new roles yes of course every coach there's no team is going to be perfect no team is is it goes into a season where oh we got it all oh, you know we're fine we're completely fine uh a part of a whole coach's you know, DNA is to be worried and sleepless nights and tossing and turning. You know, uh, uh, that's that's the reality of the situation. So, yeah, there's, there's some concerns on the offensive line. But I think, by and large, there's a belief in that Raiders building that they've hit on some pieces. Uh, they might not be the biggest names, but you don't need to have the biggest names. How many times have we seen the New Orleans Saints just – Roll out a group of offensive players that you may not know all of their names. You almost have to be like a fantasy football guru to know who all these guys are all the time. It's just you know, good, good football players, good solid football players that execute their roles um, and 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 do it at a high level, and the offense just keeps moving and chugging down the field. Uh, all the dang time and that's the kind of vision that the Raiders have of this offense it's more of an ensemble cast than a star-studded cast although you can make a case for Darren Waller being a superstar right now he's that good Josh Jacobs is a star and now he's got a sidekick that's Pretty darn close to what he brings, and brings other things to the table, so they're going to complement each other perfectly. Henry Ruggs is going to has a chance to bust out. Period. He's got that kind of ability, um, so this offense has a chance to to ring up some points. Now they need that defense to just play capable, effective football. And uh, hey, Carl Joseph thinks that they're on the verge of doing just that. So let's see if he's right. You're in the huddle with Mini Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Ha, ha, ha.